Welcome to our Through the Bible study here on Bible In-Depth Network with Alex. In our study, we look at the context of Scripture and how it applies to our daily lives. We also believe that there's no limitation to the revelation of the Word God. Let's study together today. Yes, praise be to God. I hope you're safe here. The Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is the day that the Lord has met. We shall rejoice and we shall be glad in it. Thank you for joining us for our time of the study of the Word. And uh, here we study the Bible. We aim to study from the book of Genesis to Revelation. And by the grace of God, we did the Old Testament. We are now handling the New Testament. And uh, we are on Matthew chapter 14, where I want to continue today. And uh, where we left off last, last time, Jesus had just fed 5,000. And... Uh, that was a miracle, one that they had never seen before. Because with just so little, everybody was filled. That they ate and got satisfied that they had 12 baskets left with the bread. And those are the miracles that happen when you believe in Jesus. Those are the things that happen to you when you have confidence in him. That you look to him for provision. And it will come exceedingly, abundantly, above all. And to you who is listening to me today, I have a message for you. God says that he will supply. Above, beyond. You might look at something now. It looks so little. And looks like there is no hope for tomorrow. But Jesus makes a promise to you that he will supply exceedingly, abundantly, above all. The people who ate that day could not believe the luck they had, could not believe such a blessing that had come into their lives through this man, Jesus, that he provided for each and everyone, that if you wanted more, you could ask for more. And even after you had more, it was still there for a taking. Because God shall look at you and look to your need and attend to your need, to the detail. And after everything has been accomplished, you will still have a testimony. You will still have surplus. You will still have much, much more. Because we have a God who is above all. Because we have a God who supplies above all. We have confidence. That is the day these people had. And just after that, immediately, in verse 22, we are told that he met the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent crowds away. Now, uh, Jesus does this by himself, sending the crowds away. We can try and picture what was happening for people who have just been fed. These are people who had interest in him becoming their king. These are people who had all thoughts and ideas, now even after eating in such a miraculous way. They must have been some uh, ideas that were coming up right there. Let him be our king. Let us make him king. A man who can do such, he will protect us. He, remember at that time, Israel is no longer a superpower. They have all thoughts, if he could multiply bread, how much, can he, how much more can he help us when it comes to war? And they had all these ideas and Jesus says, I'll handle this myself. I'll handle this myself. You guys get into the boat, he tells his disciples. And go to the other side. And he sends the crowds away. 
can imagine a man who can send 5,000 plus people away and how much authority he has that he can do it by himself. Tells him, okay, that's it today. We're done. We shall meet another time. And after he had sent the crowds away, he succeeded by that. He sent 5,000 away. After he had sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. Jesus, the Son of God, would take time to pray. How about me? How about you who's listening today? Prayer is very important in our lives. Prayer is the connection point that we have with God. Prayer is a time of fellowship that we have with Him. Prayer is a time where we get that moment to speak, that moment to fellowship, that moment to have some conversation. And we need to normalize having conversation with God. Yeah, it does not have to be a serious business where you have to get in a certain posture and then you look a certain way and then you speak a certain way. Sometimes it's conversation. It can be prayer. Yeah, the way you talk, you discuss, you break through issues, you try to understand, you listen to the Spirit, sometimes even silent that you are listening. And Jesus takes that time alone. The Bible tells us by himself, he goes up to the mountain to pray. And Jesus is a clear example to us believers if we are going to function by his power then we've got to work as he did. We've got to find moments where we separate ourselves in and go into the presence of God and talk to him. And the Bible tells us here that he was there alone. Sometimes you need to learn to pray alone. Sometimes you need to learn to have personal time with God alone. Personal moments with God alone. That you separate yourself and you get out there. And you separate yourself and you talk to God alone. God wants you alone. It's not just about attending the church service where everybody is. He wants you alone. Jesus also has a moment where he wants to be alone without his disciples. He sends them away and he gets up to the mountain and he's praying. And he's talking to God and he's saying, I need you. He's talking about intimate things with him. And that's the demand for me as a believer, that I've got to get moments where I will go to God and I will tell him, I need you. And I'm talking intimate things with him alone. Many times we shall count the Sunday services that we attend in church as sufficient. But after that service, you've got to find a place alone. It may be in your room. It may be up on a mountain. It may be somewhere in a retreat center, and you're there alone, and you're seeking God, and he wants to hear what you've got to say. He wants to hear what you're thinking. He wants to hear what you're planning. He wants to hear what you want him to do for you alone. That Jesus does. But the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now we are being shifted to the guys who left off earlier. We are being told what they're up to. While they're there, it's not a party. They're having a rough time on the waters. The wind is blowing. The waves 
are at hand and everything is just not going well for them out there. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. The fourth watch of the night, as far as we are concerned and what we know, it is from the hour of 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. So, it is around that night time. It's already scary enough when the waves are on the waters during day. I've shared with you an experience, my experiences with water. It's already scary enough, yeah, during day and the events that happen when the waters are starting to get crazy, yeah, and how scary it can be. Now, you imagine at night, and not just early in the night, 8 a.m., no, 3 a.m. in the night, in between 3 a.m. and 6, so it is either 3 or 4, but it is night time. And these guys are on the waters and the waves are hitting and they're getting water out of the boat and some of them are threatening to fall in and it is a crazy night for them. They're wondering what is happening here. And the disciples, as they are busy in that chaos, as they are busy afraid about what is going on right there in the waters, while they're afraid, they see Jesus. In the moment where you are afraid, you need to look closely. In the moment where there is everything terrifying, you need to look closely because right there you can see Jesus. And what they saw just tops it up for them because they don't just see him in a distance. They see him walking on the sea. They see him walking on the water. They see him walking on the water, something they have never, ever seen. In the midst of trouble, you can see Jesus in a way that you have never, ever imagined. They see a man walking on water. This is beyond science. This is beyond the natural order. This is beyond what they're used to see. And right there, they see Jesus. And he's coming and walking to them. And by the way, they had gone deep into the sea. How did he make it through? All that distance, they must be wondering. And those who are trying to scoop out the water from the boat are seeing and saying, is this even possible? Is it possible? Is it possible what we see? But in the midst of trial, in the midst of pain, you will see the things that seem impossible. And this is the beauty. The man who will do those such things is Jesus. And they see him walking on the sea. And they were terrified. And they say, it is a ghost. And they cry out in fear. You wait. You just get this picture. As they are struggling with the water, they see a man walking. And I believe there is a light around him. And immediately as they know it, as they've experienced it, as they've had discussions about it in their small groups, as they've had discussions about it while they're having their tea back home and talking about ghosts and probably such things they could have seen physically, they look at this man who is approaching with the light around him and they shout, it is a ghost. It can't be a person because what Jesus was doing is not something that normal people do. What Jesus was doing is unprecedented. What Jesus was doing is something that was special. 
and there is something Jesus wants to do in your life that is going to seem unnatural. Things that Jesus does are not determined by human understanding. The things that Jesus does are not determined by human understanding. They are not determined by the principles of this world. He does things exceedingly abundantly. He does things that are beyond our own understanding. That's what he does this day. And when they see it and say it is a ghost, they cried out in fear. Now, you can imagine. You're already battling with water. And now a ghost is approaching, in your opinion. They're saying we cannot jump into the water. We will die. But all that we can do right now is scream, is to yell, is to cry, is to start to do your last will and say, okay, this is where I had left this. Okay, this is where you will find this property. You know, there are those moments where everything has just stunned and you're wondering, is there a day tomorrow? And for some of you, and for some of us, there are experiences that are going to scare us when we think it's not God, yet it is God. They do not know that this they call the ghost is Jesus himself. They do not know that as they are crying and yelling and thinking this is their final day, it is Jesus who is right there to help them. Some events may look scary. Some uh, occasions may look scary. But right there is Jesus. And he's coming. And he's approaching. He's coming close to your pain. He's coming close to your disappointment. He's coming close to your hopelessness. He's coming close. And do not fear. Just notice and see. Look clearly. Do not let this, the worries of the world take the shape of Jesus and confuse it for a ghost. No. Look closely and know that it is him. And when they cry out in fear, immediately Jesus spoke to them. They would recognize his voice, of course. They've been with him. He's been their tutor. He's been their director. He's their Lord. He's their master. Yeah, and they will know his voice. You need to always learn the voice of God. In the midst of trouble, you need to be able to know that, okay, this is a ghost. And you need to also know that, okay, this is the voice of the master. You separate the two. Because in chaos, the two can be there. You need to know when it is Jesus speaking. You need to have the discernment to know when it is God speaking. And you need to also know when it is the devil speaking. But now they know him. He's their master. He's their teacher. He's the one who has helped them through. He's the one who teaches them. He's the good rabbi. He's the lord of lords. He's the one they're experiencing and he speaks to them and they will recognize his voice. And he says, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. He tells them, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Today Jesus is saying, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. You might be in a situation just similar to this man. And you feel... You're going to drown. And Jesus is telling you today, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. In that marriage that seems sinking, Jesus is saying, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. In that work that seems it's going down, the business is about to close, Jesus says, 
Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. When Jesus is there, you do not have to be afraid. When Jesus has come, you've got to take courage. And he's with you in the storm. He's with you in the trouble. He's with you in the hopelessness. He's with you in that sickness. In that which you've been diagnosed with, he's with you. And he says, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. And when he says that, Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Peter is a man of great determination. First of all, by just making that statement is an example to us that Peter is a man of faith. Because he does not say, let me, he just says, command me to come to you on the water. Peter also knows, okay, now this is a time to test some things. He says, um, if it is you, Jesus, let me walk on the water that I come to you. Just command me to do that. And guess what Jesus says? He said, come. He doesn't argue. He just says, come. Come. Come on, Peter. It is me. Come. You want to walk on the water? Come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. A miracle happens. Peter is the second person living who does this. Peter gets out of the boat and starts to walk on the water. He, he was part of the people who were crying. He was part of the people who were suffering. But when he sees Jesus, he says, okay, there are other possibilities here. You need to learn to walk out of your pain. Even while, the, because right now, by the way, the storm is still there. The waves are still crazy. But right there in that storm, Peter says, okay, I need to walk. It's already scary without the waves. But he says, I'll walk with the waves. You need to understand, and we've got to know this as Christians, that even if there is a wave, even if there is trouble, even if there is chaos, when Jesus says, come, you come. Because he's got control over it. He's got charge over it. He's got charge over that situation that you're going through this week that you felt that you're finished. Jesus has control over that situation. It says, come, come and walk on the water. And Peter gets out of the boat and starts to walk towards Jesus. That's a miracle already. I can imagine what's happening in the minds of those he's left in the boat. Because right now, the issue is not about the storm. It's about these two. It's about Jesus on the water and Peter who's walking on the water. You know, some things scare us so much. But if we shift our attention to other things, then you forget. Right now, they're not crying about the storm anymore. They are looking and saying, is this Peter the one we've been crying with in the boat? Is he walking on water? Is he defying the odds? Is he get going against the, what nature suggests? And he's walking on the water. And he's doing it because Jesus has called him. I wonder if there were others in the boat who also wanted to take the try and say, Jesus, can we also come? But it's Peter. And Peter does the thing that was unimaginable. Peter walks on water by faith and also by command of Jesus. Because when Jesus says, you come, he will do it. When Jesus says, you come, 
he would do it. When Jesus says, do this, start that business, have faith and start it. It will succeed. And Peter is walking on the water, but seeing the wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Just after you're doing the unimaginable, you start to look to the other things of the world. You start to look at the other cares of the world. You start to look at the other threats of the world. You start to look at the storms. You start to look at the winds and you lose focus and faith goes down and you start to sink. Just as Peter is walking on the water, just as he needs to focus on the master who has called him, he loses focus and starts to look at the wind. And he gets frightened and the faith goes. With fear, there is no faith. Where fear is, you cannot find faith. And when fear gets into Peter at this time, the faith goes down. And when the faith goes down, he starts to sink. May God give us a grace to always keep the faith and put fear aside. I need to understand that the one who has called me is stronger. That the one who has called me is right before me. It doesn't matter how much wind is blowing. Jesus is right there before you. It doesn't matter how much chaos has been caused in that office. Jesus is right there before you and he's going to help you. He's going to save you. He's going to work for you. He's going to stand for you. He will not let you sink. And right the moment where you're supposed to keep the faith, do not let fear come in because when fear comes in, then you start to sink. And that's exactly what happens to Peter because he looks out to the wind and he's frightened. And he begins to sink. But guess what? Even when you're sinking, even when it's threatening that you're going down, always remember the Lord. He does what helps him. He cries out and says, Lord, save me. There's somebody today, you lost faith along the way and you started to sink. There's somebody today who's listening. You had great things happening in your life and you were walking on the water and you saw the cares of the world. You got frightened by the winds and you started to sink. And maybe you forgot to call on the Lord to save you. Today, call on him and say, Lord, save me. And Peter understands that when you're sinking, there's only one hope. Lord, save me. If you call on him to save you, then you are safe. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? Why Peter drowned is because of doubt. Why Peter drowned is because he did not believe that it is possible. It's because he looked at the things around and they scared him. He did not look to Jesus. Look to Jesus and do not doubt him. If he says he will do it, he will do it. And just like that, a man who had done the extraordinary had lost faith. It's possible for you, after how much great you have stood, after all the greatness you've done, 
to lose faith along the way. It is possible and it does happen. And for everybody, it can happen, just like it happened for Peter, that you can lose faith along the one you say, will this disease go? Will I be healed? Will that person, will my parent or whoever it is get healed of this disease? It's possible to lose faith along the way. But you also need to know that when you lose the faith and you start to sink, there is hope. And that hope is in Jesus. If you call to him, he will come out and save you. He will pick you from that place where you're drowning and say, get up. Do not lose faith. Do not doubt. And when they got into the boat, the wind stopped. I want you to notice this. When they picked Peter out of the water, when he's sinking, they didn't, Jesus did not carry Peter to the boat. No, they walked. They walked together back to the boat on the water. So after Peter sinking, he walked again on the water, right way back into the boat. And after you have been sinking, and Jesus comes out to help you and pick you up, he will still let you do the extraordinary. Peter still walked on water on his way back to the boat with Jesus, now with Jesus holding him. It is Jesus who's going to hold you, nothing else. You were watching him at a distance while you were walking and you started to sink and he picked you out when you called for help. Now he's walking with you. May God walk with you in whatever you are going through. May God walk with you to that place of safety because he's your God and he loves you. And those who are on the boat worshipped him saying, you you are certainly God's son. When they get into the boat, everything just comes down. Peace be still. When Jesus comes into your situation, everything shall come down. Everything shall come down. The storm shall end. That fear in your life shall end. That bad time in your life shall end. That poverty shall end. Everything shall end as long as you've got Jesus in your life. And when that happens, he says, certainly, you're God's son. They will testify because of what Jesus does. There's always testimony that comes with him. And when they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent word into all that surrounding district and brought to him all who were sick. And they implored him that he might touch, they might just touch the fringe of his cloak. And as many as touched it were cured. The sick came. Those who were not well, they came. And this is what happened. For them, they asked him, let's just touch the fringe of your cloak and we shall be healed. That day, all who came were only touching the fringe of his cloak. They were only touching the fringe of Jesus' cloak and they were getting well. You know, for those that are anointed, everything around them is anointed. For those that are anointed, for those that God has selected for his work, for those who are blessed by the Lord, everything around you shall be blessed. And when they would touch Jesus' cloak, they were made whole because from there was flowing healing power. From that clock was flowing healing power. And they were all healed. May we just touch the fringe of his garment and we shall be well. May we just touch the fringe of his garment and we shall be well. And he has given us access to more than just the fringe of his garment. And that is the opportunity we walk with as believers, trusting in God, and great things shall happen. You shall not sink, you shall live. 
the worries that you see, the trials that you see, shall not claim your life because God loves you. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your love, for your mercy, for your grace. And we pray for somebody today that has lost hope, surrounded by fear. We ask you, mighty God, that you touch that person and make them whole and make them well. We exalt you, King of glory. In Jesus' my name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our study today. We believe that the world of God is alive and new each day. Open your heart and let God speak to you. You can also access our teachings through our Podbean channel or reach us through our website, bibleindepth.com.